Welcome to another thrilling episode of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and, uh, you know, I do uh, some angry nerd things. Uh, joining me, as always, is uh, as she texts furiously away with her Captain Marvel phone, uh, it'll be uh, Giggleicious uh, Agent Nicole. Hi, everybody. That was so enthusiastic. I'm still dealing with a sore throat. A week later? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I was screaming for more pie. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... Oh, if you didn't listen to uh, the uh, conversation that occurred (laughs) off air, uh, you wouldn't understand that she said she wouldn't uh, kick Dale Cooper out of bed for eating pie. And... uh, yeah, Nicole is. Uh, I think someone else said that. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I think somebody. I'll take, I'll take the. Nicole take will definitely the, uh, take the credit for it. I'm single. Why not? Damn fine cherry pie you got here in your house. Uh, we're also joined by the uh, mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of some place. Uh, <laughs> the real housewife of my house. The real housewife of of the place where I live. It is uh, Ashes of Our Nightmare. Hello, darlings. And, uh, Hi. Hello. I was going to say, I hope you weren't waiting for a response, because people at home are listening through their uh, two-way radio walkie-talkie deals. I'm sure that they'll yell loud enough for me to hear them. Okay. Yeah. We are uh, also uh, uh, joined as well by the studio monitor, uh, kind of like a hall monitor. Uh, with the studio monitor and producer extraordinaire, the uh, what did you call it, uh, Agent Nicole, the velvety voice, Johnny Wolfenstein. I'd rather be joined than conjoined. Yeah, <laughs> conjoined would be uh, well. You just just do what everybody else does and just reabsorb them back into your own body. Kind of like the dark half, like that. Yeah, yeah. So Velvet E. Lee. Velvet Eve. <laughs> that's what it was. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Jeremy. That's Way my, to bring up bad memories. That's I'm my new kidding. car, the Velvet Lee. So, yeah. as you can tell, we are uh, also joined by frequent contributor. And by frequent contributor, I mean he does 95% of our theme songs. That's uh, Jeremy McFarlane. Hey, I'm, I apologize, guys. For coming hey. on to the show? Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm here again. Oh no! Uh, we How are, are you guys. We we are also joined uh, for the second straight week by uh, Isaac. Isaac, how's that? Uh, those two Nobel Prize treating you? Uh, I sold them on eBay. That they are, uh, you know, it, that's the thing about Nobel prizes. It doesn't matter what field you get them in; they all pay the same. Yes. And we are also joined by a guest we have not had on in quite some time, but she is a uh, frequent contributor to the show as well. She has made more appearances than anyone else, I believe. Uh, and that is uh, straight from Atlantis, Miss Stephanie Wiley. Am I, am I the savior of the Guardian two times now? Uh, I believe so. Two-time Guardian of the Universe championship. I can raise my asking price from nothing to um, nothing. Well, yeah, I mean, you could just, you know, I want ten times what I made before. Well, you didn't make anything before. Exactly. What I'm paying now, cut it in half, and then double it. And that's how internships work. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the reminder that I don't get paid very much. Well, you know, it's not like we have tons of money to pay you. Like, we're paying you in experience and exposure. And love. 
Lots of love. So, I'm a little concerned about the exposure bit, but okay. That's why I never understood, like, you know, the superhero, the Flash, you know, running around just exposing yourself to people all the time. I didn't quite understand how that guy could be considered a hero. Well, you the see, the Flash? Way- <laughs> <laughs> and Melt Man with the power to melt? Well, you see, the idea is that he sees bank in your robbers hand, not uh, your mouth? running out of the bank. Then he flashes them. They're so surprised, so they don't notice the cops running up behind them. That's that's probably a good explanation. I would not have gone with that. It's awkward, but effective. So we were uh, we started last week asking uh, Isaac and Jeremy a couple of questions. Now, Nicole, you still have some questions you wanted to ask. Yes. And Stephanie, I know you've gone through this before, but if you'd like, we uh, we have a couple of questions for you as well for our, our getting into character segment. You're always welcome to ask me questions. Okay. Awesome. Oh, shit, I knocked down the frog off of Ghidra the King... King Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. That's why we have nice things. Yeah, but the Black Hawk is still all set. <laughs> yep, that hasn't fallen down. <laughs> Stephanie, right. you missed that last week. Um. Anyways, Isaac, which TV family? Move is a little most... closer to the microphone. <sighs> Sorry, which TV family is most like your own? Thankfully, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> TV families seem to tend to suck. Mm, true. Um. Honestly, I can't think of any. Fine. Sorry, the monsters. But I am willing to lie. Oh, that's so. I will say, I will say the White family. I'll turn it. <laughs> Walter White and his clan are exactly like my family. All right. See, I got. I Walter. thought we were heading in a different direction when you <laughs> said the White family. White family. <laughs> right. He like didn't. He didn't. Talks he talks like, about I'm the White sorry, children. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Which comic character would you like to see a, a live action adaptation? Who would you want, and who would you be casting them as? Well, the one that I, I want has been adapted before, but not in the way that I've liked it so mm-hmm. far. Sean Constantine. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, um, I can play him. Um, I, do, I, I did love Miguel Ferrer. I did. Um, he, 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 the way he got, the way he aged, and the way his voice wasn't his smartass personality worked perfect with that he's also not british but um shit no he does have the unfortunate handicap of uh, being deceased being dead yes yeah yes, yes. <laughs> i get it um he's i don't know if you can call him constantine because he's not really in movies all the time i'd maybe occasional teen mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh shit um well, Matt, Matt McConaughey. Shit, I can't get any British people in here. It's fucking. It um, you and um, McGregor was my choice for Constantine. I'm Ooh. sorry. You and McGregor. You and McGregor. Oh, okay. Obi Wan okay. Constantine. You gotta um, stop. Jeremy, I think jokes. you're about to say Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Wait, I was going. I was going. That would be cool. McConaughey from like True Detective. McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's a great character. Rusty Cole is a great, really good character. I'd like for him to play that. I mean, I don't know. I've thought about this so many times in the past. I can never come up with anybody really. So, me, that'd be me. Okay. Well, I got, I got, I got one for Stephanie. Okay. Stephanie, would you rather live in the Flintstones universe or Jetsons universe? Is that a real question? That's <laughs> a real question. Jetsons. Okay. Just you know, I don't know if you like to you know have dinosaurs or. Although it would be awkward if, you know, like, your bidet is actually, like, a turtle or something. <laughs> like that. Would I mean, also, can you imagine having to clean up after your dinosaur? Like, signs everywhere, like, curb your dinosaur? Like, that's not good. 
on the plus side, they do live near a huge quarry, but that he works at. But they haven't perfected uh, braking technology for their cars. Like that would that to me is like the biggest issue. Like because right, you're looking the at person, well, the personal injury every time you try to go out for a, a drive. If you go down a hill, you're you know, wearing your feet down to nubs, your hand feet. I got I got a, I got a person for the for constant. Uh, a slim down like Tom Hardy. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, all right. I like Tom Hardy quite a bit. Like Star Trek Nemesis Tom Hardy. Ooh. Something like that. Okay. I, I dig that. Alright, it always, comes, it always comes back to Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Um, Isaac, what three famous individuals, living or dead, would you want at a fantasy dinner party? The living ones. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> She's giving well, me this look of death. Oh, she gonna kill you. The dead have better table manners because they never pick up food with their hands, they never pick up their food with anything. So, you know. It's, but they yeah, don't appreciate the meal that you've given them. You always have seconds. That's true. Okay, living or dead? Let's see here now. Okay, I'll go with... Uh, first off, I'll go with Bill Hicks, the late Bill Hicks. Yeah. One of my favorite stand-up comedians of all time. Uh, I will go next with my... Uh, most people probably won't even know who this guy is. Uh, Burke Breathed. Uh, he is the creator of a comic strip called yes. Bloom County. Yes, yes. Growing up, Berkeley. Bloom, yep, Berkeley breed. Growing up, Bloom County was my bible. So if I'm gonna have a fantasy dinner, let's get this guy in there. And the third guy, yeah, that's a good question. Just because I've been watching some entertaining YouTube videos of him, Orson Welles. Ooh, Ooh that'd be nice. That'd be good. Oh yeah. Now you won't have any seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the stories he'll have. That's yeah, true. That's true. Especially tell me about Rita the time Hayward. you were unicorn. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Ah, the French. <laughs> what is your dream concert lineup? Oh, awesome question, too. Um, and is, you guys ask so you guys ask great questions, man. Oh, thanks. Um, I've seen a lot of them. Um, Though um, I remember one time, me and my dad, my dad mentioned to me that he wanted to see the police pretty bad, like a, maybe about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have saw that with him, but um, if if it's my list, if I could have saw it with him, I would have probably saw the police uh, with my dad. Um, okay, right. I haven't seen I haven't seen Slayer. I'd re- I'd like to see Slayer. Um, I've seen Rage Against Machine like once when I was young with my dad. I like to see them on a, on a, on a head on like a, uh, a concert, the same concert. Um, uh, Primus, um, Creedence Clearwater. It's a weird, it's a weird combination. Nice, yes. nice. And uh, uh, I was Dire Straits, and uh, one more. Blonde, I want to see Blondie. I might be seeing her this year, but I can see. Nice. Her. All right, Stephanie. I have a question for you. Which of the seven dwarfs is most like you? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly happy. (laughs) My second choice is bashful. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm really sleepy. (laughs) 
I like that. I have a really sleepy little mammal. I can understand that. That's the truth. I mean, I'm a very sleepy little creature. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. Do you well, have? I any? think you all expected it to be a different one, but I'm a really sleepy little mammal. Yeah, I was. I was definitely going with uh, with Doc. Uh, all right, so I'm going to actually uh, ask you one of the questions I already asked. Because um, I, th- I think... Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see your reaction to this question, actually. Uh, would you prefer hands for feet or feet for hands? That's not the question I thought he was going to ask. <laughs> oh, you thought I was going to ask the other one? The kicking baby question? Asking? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I'll, su- I'll switch that question up. Would you rather fight... <laughs> Two fifty-year-olds or fifty-two-year-olds? Who are you asking? You. Oh, I mean, I feel like my chances are pretty good on either side. Yeah. Um, I mean, but fighting. So, like, aside from the social stigmatism, like that, I'm not allowed to beat up on children. Oh no, you can totally kick babies. We've established this, us. You can oh, kick yeah. babies. It, it, it's all it good. happens. This is in international waters, so whatever it whatever you want goes. <laughs> well, I mean then obviously like fighting off fifty two year olds, I'm definitely gonna be a YouTube sensation. Um gonna be a YouTube sensation and it's gonna be hilarious. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick the crap out of some toddlers. They probably deserve it. See, what I would do in that situation, I would grab the largest two-year-old I could and use him as a weapon and club the other two-year-olds. Or just use him, use him as, like, a bully ball and just roll yeah, just down, pin down all the little small ones. Babies Bowling don't roll to- as well Bowling as you for think toddlers. they would. You wouldn't... Well, we're gonna find out. If you wax, like, the, the surface, like, you wax it real nice... That, that, you know, you could slide pretty I nice. I really thought you were going to suggest waxing two-year-olds, and I was like, that seems really weird. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it depends on how much wax you have. If you only have enough to, to cover one two-year-old, or you have enough to cover the floor, obviously you want to go with the floor. If you have any left over, yeah, throw some on the kids, but... But waxing the floor puts me at a distinct advantage because I have to be on the floor as well. Waxing right, the little kid means that they're going to have the maximum smack ability. It's going to smack and slide into the other ones. Right, it's but good. if you if you wax just the area like where the kids are coming from, you can control, kind of like funnel them in like a pin- pincer movement. Do it at a daycare because the floors at a daycare are really slippery. Oh, but yeah, but it's going to be covered with urine and vomit and like... Blood. Yeah, yeah, eventually, yeah. <laughs> what, what daycare are you guys going to? <laughs> I used to work at a daycare. One of the ones on uh, Nightline. <laughs> Jeremy's going to stay away from that one. The only thing occurred to me, if you're going to fight 52-year-olds, make sure you wear earplugs, because after a while, the sounds those kids are going to make, <laughs> when the numbers start to dwindle and they realize what's going to happen to them, and they see what's lying on the ground that used to be their friends, that that's going to haunt you for the rest of your life if you don't wear earplugs. Have the two-year-olds stopped screaming yet? Well, they're making a noise. I don't know if I call it a scream anymore. The silence of the two-year-olds. Oh, they ain't silent. <laughs> Not anymore. Never a two-year-old silent. Never. Uh, sorry, that wraps that up. I mean, we just wanted to throw some questions at Stephanie because, uh, although she's done it before, throw some kids. I didn't want. I didn't want you to feel left out. <laughs> so, throw down Thursday, a family show. Yeah. <laughs> See again, I again, and we we discussed this uh, outside before before we uh, before we recorded before the the show started. Um, remember, these kids are all orphans, so I mean, who are they going to c- complain to? Their parents. 
Well, well, now I actually feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but these are real assholes. That's why they're orphans. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with them other than like you know they're just they're just little bastard how about, kids. <laughs> how about pampered preppy kids? That's oh, better. Yes. Half of my town just rolled those. And then I don't out. feel so bad. Like that's fine. They're wearing, like, ascots and shit, just fucking swing them. Oh, Todd, yeah. I see you've got a sweater knotted about your your neck. Oh, smashing. <laughs> I say, it's a good day for yachting. Uh, to my knowledge, two-year-olds don't talk like that. <laughs> just just saying. I just want to say, can I they point out copy what you say, how so. incredibly cruel rich people are by playing water polo? I find that incredibly uh, cruel to the horses. I just want to point that out. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> are, are there 50 horses playing water polo? <laughs> Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a duck-sized horse? <laughs> All right, so what the hell are we talking about today? You know what we're talking about? Beating up small duck- children. I'm never I am never going to fight a duck-sized horse. You know how cute that would be? <laughs> That's true. That would be kind of cute. That would be so cute. Size. Yeah, but that horse-sized duck so is going to be vicious. Cute. Yeah. Like, if you don't have, like... does that stop me before? That would be so cute. you got a loaf of bread. You're fucked. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying. I was literally saying the same thing. I'm, like, getting all worked up. A um, duck-sized horse is going to be so cute. But it and he still can't get over a baby gate. Same, it still shits the same amount as a regular horse. Like, that's a cat. Yeah, <laughs> not the same size. That doesn't work. Well, no, that's why he's so small. He has to evacuate all that mass. Horse. It's still cute. I'm not denying that. assholes. Well, if it shits yeah, the same amount... Yeah, they are, but still cute. If it's I mean, Patrick's mm. still allowed to have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well. And I'm incredibly cute. Wait, what? <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> Listen... All right. If okay. you're gonna say you're just jealous, I'm just gonna right? come over there and smack you. No, you aren't. You say that all the time, and then you just indicate that I'm number one. You're not. Pretty sure that's the number two finger. <laughs> yeah, but she's Cambodian, so she doesn't. <laughs> Cambodian. <laughs> what the hell? That's a running joke. When I first met Nicole. I, I was like I was like oh I'm curious as to what nationality you are I want to say Cambodian and this is like long before we were friends and she just looked at me like I was some kind of asshole really and yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold hmm. Wh- which finger Why did she use to tell you you were an asshole like asshole gee I wonder where she got that impression <laughs> what was your first clue Nicole. When he started I've never asked <laughs> Listen, all right. I just want to point out. I just want to point out right now that Nicole has my copy of Pacific Rim that I told her she. And could you have watch. my copy of Agent Carter. So you want to really want to go there? How long have you had Pacific Rim? <laughs> Shut up. For two and a half years since we were both wow. working at Target. Have you watched it yet? Oh, I'm planning to this weekend. Nicole. What's that voice? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> That's my Nicole impression. That's that is a sucky voice. Nicole impression. Nicole, <laughs> no, this is I have not okay. Watched. You need to watch Pacific Rim. Okay. Whoa, Better. whoa, whoa! We, are we recording this? Stephanie was on my side on something. This is recording. Mark the time. However, feel 
feel free to hand Patrick his crappy copy back, and I will send you one personally. This is <laughs> this is the Blu-ray he copy. Has, it has nothing to lure it over you, and then you have it on my recommendation that this is a, this film is enjoyable and you will like it. Um, we also have it on our shared Voodoo account. I need to see Agent Carter. That looks that's so fantastic to me. I need to see it. So I, now I don't understand why you haven't watched it because it's on the shared Voodoo account, and you haven't given me back my physical copy. <laughs> Isn't it Blu-ray and you don't have a Blu-ray player? Too? Yeah, I don't even know why you gave me a Blu-ray player. <laughs> she's had it for two. I might get well, a Blu-ray player someday. Idiot, Patrick, I oh, didn't know no, she didn't have a Blu-ray player. So I'm gonna give it back to you tomorrow and be like, "Here's your fucking copy." And so now you're an elitist and a racist. You just assume <laughs> <laughs> that all Cambodians have do have Blu-ray players. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, she comes from an affluent neighborhood. I thought that you know, Westboro is a rich people town. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah you're very wealthy Cambodians live there. <laughs> <laughs> don't. You're not helping yourself here. All right, let's. It's a lot of. It's a lot of fun. So again, what are we talking about this? <laughs> if it makes you feel Cam- better, Agent Nicole, I always take it as a compliment when I'm mistaken for a Cambodian. <laughs> Hey, ain't you Pol Pot? <laughs> I thought you were British for like forever, dude. <laughs> Who says he's not? <laughs> I don't know. You're, you got a good point there. Too. I mean, you heard Benedict Cumberbatch when he was trying to, uh, when he was in, uh, what is it, the Black Mass? Wait, Doctor, who? Doctor Strange? What? Yeah. Black Mass? Yeah, he was in Black Mass with Johnny Depp, and he was playing... Uh, Oh, you're oh, right. Yeah, that's an awful movie. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was thinking what did he do to prepare for this role? It looks like he watched like 15 minutes of like JFK speeches and was like, yeah, that's how everyone from uh, Boston talks. <laughs> it is. <laughs> when you said Black Mask, I was thinking of the Jet, Le- Jet Li movie. Oh, no. Yeah. Black Mask. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> different, different, different guy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so this week we're talking about uh, Daria Morgendorfer, who is a character with whom I am not overly familiar. I only know her from uh, brief snippets of Beavis and Butthead. So that's your only exposure to Daria. I think I've seen like one or two episodes, but about okay. Then I expect 22. to hear approximately one or two words out of you for the <laughs> remainder of the show. Oh, no, I'm still going to, like, talk about You don't get things. to have an opinion on something you've never seen. I can have an opinion on the parts of what I've seen. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, there's a dirty They're joke in like there somewhere. Piece, I think. Yeah, sure. right, dude? It's a half-hour show. What Listen, I was very busy in 1993. I bought the Doing DVD what? collection what? at Walmart. masturbating into a sock? Like, get the fuck out. It was not a <laughs> sock. <laughs> Isaac, that's, that's like, what, 15 bucks? I got my for like 18 bucks every single episode. And they deliver it for free. Yeah, I know, but I was too busy watching that guy. What's his name? You can watch. What's his name? Dave Cooper. We're watching him. Dale Cooper. Idiot. (laughs) I know, I've been calling him Dave because it's been pissing Nicole off. You wonder why I think you're an asshole. Like, you want to be friends with cool nerds and you call him Dave Cooper. It's not getting you any points. (laughs) Yeah, but at least I watched the show. No, it's, not more really, it's not an at least kind of situation. <laughs> but yes, we're talking about Daria today. Well, I won't be doing as much of the talking as I usually do. Yay! Yay! 
Which is why, you know, we have all these people because it takes so many people to replace me. I think that's the uh, that's the logic. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think it's just an honor to be talked a lot. <laughs> I don't know that that's a compliment. <laughs> hey, everybody, we get to have a word in edgewise. Yay! It isn't not it's a compliment. It's a word of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Edgewise? Yeah! <laughs> so I think. Come on, Jerry. I can't believe you've never really watched Daria. What is. I, I just, when I was 12, it didn't really appeal to me. You could get the entire series at Walmart for like you're standing on <laughs> Yeah, I, I could get it on... on the, you could get your wife the entire series of Daria at, at Walmart, Walmart for $18. $18. Listen, I bought you a box of wine. Like, I don't know what else you want me to do. You could put that towards Daria. She just told you she wants Daria. <laughs> Listen. Like, you're, how dumb are you? I don't know what you want to do. <laughs> how long did it take me to get Moana? <laughs> I got Moana the day it came out. Patsy, you're married. Uh, Just nod your head and say yes, dear. Yeah. You're definitely not getting any ankle tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to uh, eat pie in bed. <laughs> or anywhere else, for that matter. Uh, so, on that note, I think it's time for a quick break. And when we come back, everyone else but me will be talking about Daria Morgendorfer. Yay! Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and trick-or-treat radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. And we are back. So for your listening pleasure, it is me, Ashes, taking over for the rest of the episode. You are welcome. You are welcome. Because I actually know a thing or two about Daria. I know a thing or two. Just not much beyond that. Well, I, 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 have, I have knowledge and wisdom about multiple things, including Daria. Um, so listen, kids. Once upon a time, there was this TV channel, cable channel, I believe cable channel, called MTV, which stand, stood for music television. I believe it still it stands still for music I, television. However, I don't see much music 
the word Play. music is in quotation marks yeah, now. Mute, mute. <laughs> they should change it to Montauk <laughs> Television. <laughs> Yeah. So once upon a time MTV used to play These fantastic things Called music videos They don't anymore Unless you're up at like 3.30 in the morning um, And a lot with those music videos They had Scripted series I know this is something super foreign To some of you As opposed to uh, the current MTV audience Who watches Unscripted series Such as uh, Teen Mom And Jersey Shore uh, So a part of these Scripted series Which are the- totally Still scripted Well yes and Mom no Mom 16 There's a lot There's- Yeah <laughs> Or as Patrick Likes to call them Knocked up teenage sluts That is um, the prequel <laughs> And sequel to Toddlers and Tierras so judgmental Patrick why this, am I not surprised? That was from an episode of Futurama where mom says, now I'm off to some charity BS for knocked up teenage sluts. So anyways, I think we can all agree. Babies having babies. <laughs> I think we can all agree, though, that like reality television, quote unquote reality uh, television, um, is a lot less creative and easier to obtain than actual like scripted, especially animated series. And back in the '90s, MTV actually had uh, a few um, scripted and animated series. Young Flux, The Max, uh, stuff like that. Liquid TV. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, shout out to I know this isn't animated, but shout out to Syphil and Ollie. Um, the anyways, oh, yeah. yeah, right. Uh, but anyways, um, of these were shows like Beavis and Butthead, and that I watched Daria, and uh, the Max. MTV series mm-hmm. Daria, which ran from 1997 to 2002 and included 65 episodes and two TV movies. Daria, the character, is an unfashionably dressed, highly intellectual, completely pessimistic about life altogether, cynical and sarcastic teenage girl who is portrayed as an icon of sanity in an insane household and in an equally insane upper class upper upper middle class excuse me suburb she resides with her shallow fashion obsessed younger sister quinn and her career obsessed parents helen and jake serving as an embarrassment to her sister uh who often disowns her and a disappointment to her parents which come on guys weren't we all um so getting started i'd kind of like to ask our guests uh what do you love about daria what did you think of it what were your first impressions of daria morgendorfer we'll start with stephanie uh, <laughs> my my persons of Daria, my persons of Daria was, um, how did you get inside of my head? Right. <laughs> um, how is this happening? Where is it? Is it? Is that Teddy Ruck's been reporting back on me? Um, I just always have loved Daria. I mean, everything about Daria and the way she speaks, acts, and behaves is, is really in line with how I relate to things. I think to be fair, I'm probably a little bit more of a Jane than Daria, but um, it doesn't mean that like I didn't absolutely always understand where Daria was coming from. Yeah, I completely 100% agree with everything that you just said. Um, I know for me personally, like I wasn't allowed to watch MTV, so I felt really rebellious sneaking around watching MTV. And of course, uh, Daria being an animated series, it was easy to be like, oh, I'm just watching cartoons. You know, 
Um, but there's and, literally nothing about Daria that I feel like I wouldn't want a child watching. No, and, and that's the thing. Like, there really isn't. Um, you know, she is actually very, like, morale in comparison to some of uh, the characters that she's surrounded by. She's smart. And, she goes to school. She does her homework. She doesn't really talk back to her parents, certainly not in a way that, like, is bad. Um, she, speak to, she speaks to them like they're on the same level, but she's not, like rude particularly or aggressive or right and she has wrong with what she does she has dreams and aspirations that, that wasn't was me that, that was no me. that's isaac i was Go gonna ahead. say she uh, is that, she is that all- was a preemptive shut up patrick <laughs> <laughs> fair enough she just says it all the time no i was just gonna say she is sarcastic with her parents from time to time but not like you know she doesn't scream and shout at them yeah, or well, well, anyone really like- there's nothing like her sarcasm that she says though that's like offensive really agreed so and it's almost always more for the fourth wall break than to yeah. to actually like be rude to her parents. It's casual. Yeah, it, it's never aggressive. No. So what about the rest of you guys, Isaac? Um, what drew you to this character? Okay, well, I first became aware I was uh, watch- when, uh, watching Beavis and Butthead. Yep. Uh, it was easy to notice Daria because one, I think she was pretty much the only female character on that show, and she was also the yeah. only one who seemed lucid, insane. <laughs> Uh, and I remember they did the ads for uh, you know, the coming soon, the spinoff for Daria, and I got excited about that. And what I really loved about it is that it had almost nothing to do with Beavis and Butthead whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It would have been so easy for them to repeat the same formula as Beavis and Butthead, have her and Jane go on some lame adventure, and then in between that, cut to them snarking on videos. Instead, they did it totally right. They had actual animation, full half-hour show, plot lines, character developments, and rewatching the show was the show for this podcast. I've come to realize that Morgendorfer is my Daria is my spirit animal, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeremy, same question. Yeah, um, kind of where I did coming from too. It's like because uh, I grew up watching Beavis and Butthead, and well, you know, my judge is kind of making fun of kids like that. Um, and watching Daria, it's like the writers of that show weren't making fun of well they're making fun of the preppies and the people that are like the parents and stuff that are too preoccupied with their career and stuff like that but like um, even with like the teachers and stuff it's very much in, in ways like B.S. and Butthead I can see some through lines there with like the like the, the uh, teachers and the neighbors and stuff of B.S. and Butthead you can kind of see them in the character the uh, the, print, the, uh, the the math teacher and stuff like that you can see that in, um, in Daria as well but um, for me when I first watched Daria I was like I, I, honestly with you guys like I wanted a girlfriend like that. That's what I wanted. I was like my dream girl. They have a, they have Daria in my life. I might be too deep. I'm just saying. <laughs> Agent Nicole, how's your throat? It's okay. Do you want to talk? Yeah, I can talk. Okay. But you know, Jeremy, sometimes your shallowness is so shallow it's almost like depth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Daria. <laughs> um, when Daria came out, I was. Probably eight, I think it came out. And so my parents never kind of watched what I watched. Like, they didn't, like, say, you can't watch this or you can't. This is too graphic. They were, like, clueless that um, I was watching TV at, like, past midnight and stuff because they let they had a TV in my room. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch whatever I want. So I remember watching Daria, and I was just like, the theme song, like, na-na-na-na-na, like, that caught my attention right away. 
And it was kind of nice to see a character that's a female character basically owning the show. And because, you know, you have other shows where they had like um, teams and a bunch of boys and a bunch of girls. But this was like centered on one character, one female character in her world and seeing things through her eyes. And I really enjoy that. And when I forgot about the show long after it was canceled and then. When I got into college, I found, like, the DVDs, and I was like, oh, I remember this, and I binge-watched the hell out of it, and I was like, damn it, where was this when I was in high school? Like, this could have gotten me through some really rough times. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, because uh, when the series, I was never really a fan of Beavis and Butthead, so my first exposure to Daria was the actual series Daria. Um, she was kind. Of, I was in middle school at the time when it came out, so she was kind of like my cynical guidepost um, to you know how to deal with middle school life and then entering high school. You know, Daria was still on the air and stuff, so she kind of she was me at the time. I grew up to be more of like a Jane type character, um, but she she. She wasn't stereotypically pretty. You know, she didn't wear a lot of makeup. She was kind of, you know, uh, morbid and really just wanted to be left alone. And coming from a loner's perspective, like, she was just perfection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what that's what I was in high school. Like, that's because it came out. I started watching it right, the, right around the time I started getting out of junior high into high school. So it really resonated with me because I had a friend like Jane, you know, like that was for, I wasn't Dar, I wasn't like Daria I was more, I had a friend that was more like Jane who was like a lot smart, felt like a lot smarter than me and knew a lot more about what was going on in high school and while watching that um, while watching Daria, I, I really those two characters really resonated with me because I could see a lot of my friends in both Jane and uh, Daria See, I, I wasn't a, a huge fan of Beavis and Butthead either, but that's how I got introduced to the character. Uh, I only watched that because I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> like, I didn't find it to be particularly entertaining. I thought it was kind of stupid. That's, I think that's actually really fair. Watch yeah. I, got to watch I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons either. But I actually I liked The Simpsons. Weird. I, I watched The Simpsons every week, and it was wonderful. You really missed out. <laughs> yeah, well, I I did too. I wasn't supposed to, but again, it was it was one of those like it was on, and it was like, oh well, maybe they'll show a good video that they make fun of because it was right, it was right around the time I was I was also getting into uh, uh, mystery science theater, so it was kind of like that's what they were riffing off. Yeah, of. yeah, but yeah, it just I didn't think it was that good of a show. I thought it was stupid. I couldn't identify with the be. characters. I know it was just like it was like I was like, "Oh my god, this is fucking dumb." But I was like, "Hey, I'm not supposed to be watching this because this is, you know, for older kids and, you know, I'm 12, 13 <laughs> years old, but I'm going to watch it anyways." I thought what was so brilliant about Daria, just the show in general, is the fact that it was a, and, and not to get all like feminist, but you know, it was a female fronted show, an animated show, but the yeah. the, the, the yeah. titular character was uh, a, a female and everything centered around her, you know, crazy happenings or not so crazy happenings to be honest. It seems like everything around yeah. her was crazy and she was the most sane one out of, out of all of them, but I thought that you know, especially at that time that was just so brilliant for MTV, especially MTV, who, you know, once upon a time was, you know, uh, cool. uh, yeah, yeah, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Once upon a time, MTV yeah. was cool and like it was cool to watch MTV. And, you know, the fact that, you know, amongst all of these other shows that MTV had, 
they you know presented the show with this character and I just thought it was so brilliantly done it was also different oh, really? from oh sorry Jeremy I was gonna say it, it's, no, it's, it's also different from a lot of like other female fronted animated shows or just you know female fronted shows in general where there was really no love interest it was just her doing her thing surviving yeah, like mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. you know, that's even, not true. She had multiple it, love interests. You genuinely don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going by what I said. Well, I mean, like there's no. Trent. She genuinely don't know. She, like she had Trent, but then she also had, had a Tom. boyfriend. Yeah, she right. she had Tom, which and there was a whole thing around Tom and how like Jane dated Tom first, and there was a whole episode where Jane thought that Daria had sabotaged her hair. Yeah. So that, that Tom wouldn't be as attracted to Jane. And, like, that's an actual, like, especially when you're in a smaller circle of girls and maybe a smaller circle of girls who don't date as often. Like, that's a real dichotomy and that's a real situation. But what I loved about the show really? was it didn't focus primarily on, like, I'm a girl and I want to be pretty so I can attract the boys. Like, well, it, was, it, made, it made fun of that with Quinn and the Fashion Club. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or Brittany, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and Kevin mm-hmm. and their dynamic. And Brittany always feeling like she had to, you know, be pretty and present herself in such a way, you know, mm-hmm. as the head cheerleader to be desirable to, I think his name was Kevin. The, it was Kevin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, hey, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kevin. Um, so. But that was know, kind of the world that I don't know about you guys, but like that was kind of the world I found myself occupying. I found myself oh, in absolutely. a very world where there all these people really did kind of is, exist. Yeah. Obviously a lot of oh, them yeah. are a bit exaggerated, but I mean yeah. You know, I think we can all Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, um another really great thing about the show was the like was showing the um sort of the dichotomy dichotomy of the parents because I, my parents were really great, but like when I would go to other friends' houses, I, I had a lot of friends that had parents like that. And um, I just always thought it was kind of like um, this really outlandish sort of char- uh, characteristic that they put onto the cartoon. But when I actually met people like that, um, it kind of blew my mind in a way. I think the show had some of the most relatable characters ever. You know, we all know either our own parents or somebody whose parents were like that. Somebody whose, you know, sister yeah. was like Quinn. Somebody who had friends like Brittany and Kevin. Uh, somebody, you know, like, um, you know, like Daria, like Jane, if we weren't like them ourselves, you know, so there was just this huge relatable factor that was just so appealing to the show. There's that, there's that episode, I think it's the first episode where they get put in, where Daria gets put into that, um, sort of emotional sort of correction facility or whatever you want to call it. Her low self-esteem. Yeah. And I actually was in a class like that in high school, (laughs) in 11th grade. (laughs) <laughs> um, with they, they were like there were kids that got um, I was basically put into this classroom full of kids that got in trouble quite a bit because uh, the the school thought their um, their sort of their emotions were kind of out of whack and they put me in there because I didn't really talk to anybody so they put me in there to converse with more people that we actually they actually would take us out on field trips to like um, stadiums and whatnot for like uh, conventions to hand out like food and drinks and stuff to like meet get us to meet more people so like. That really related to me a lot back when I was a kid. Like yeah. back when I was a kid, I could see all that. It's like that makes a lot of it's, it's like it's too real almost in a way. Yeah. Wait, they made you they made you hand out food and drink. They were under the impression yeah. that the best way to make the best way to have a good relationship with other people is to work retail. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe so, man. The, the teacher was like that guy, though. The teacher in that class, O'Neill, completely oblivious, <laughs> completely oblivious to any of anybody's like real, true feelings in the classroom. He was just there doing the job, and we'd go to like like um, there'd be kids field day field days and stuff, and we'd be out there. We'd head out like juice and water and stuff, and like converse with like adults and stuff. There, it was it was a trip. When we talk about how Daria is progressive and a little different for us to be seeing a, a female protagonist on the show, especially when it's owning the show, I have to stand up for Helen Morgendorfer too. Like, shout out to Helen for being a really boss ass w- working woman and a mom. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can say that Helen's career obsessed and she absolutely was, but there were definite episodes where Helen Morgendorfer actually gave some of the best life advice I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. It's one of those, um, watching the show when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, she's obnoxious. I can't believe, you know, she's acting this way, blah, blah, blah. You know, fast forward to me watching it a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, all hail, hell, Helen Morgendorfer, (laughs) you know, like bitches got it going on. She knows who she is. She gets shit done. Like, you know, she, me in middle school watching this, I'm, I'm like, you know, who, who is this woman? To you know, me watching it a couple of weeks ago at 31 years old, I'm like, I want to be that woman. You yeah. know, it's it's crazy how you go through this character shift. You know, mm-hmm. I, I went from you know being a, a Daria esque character to a, I I, I want to be Helen. Yeah, I want to have I you know I want to be powerful. I want to have it all. I want to you it's, know. For me, it's I'm like still it, Daria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, wanna, I, wanna inter- I went on an interview like last week, and I was like so. So Daria, I was like, I just did not. I was very straight to point, like this very monotone. I just, I, I didn't get. To, I'm trying to get the job, but uh, yeah, I'm still Daria. <laughs> yeah, every time I see Helen, I see my mom and how she is. Like, you know, she's a business working woman trying to control a family, trying to deal with a husband who's just off his rocker, which is like <laughs> makes me remind me of my parents because usually my mom was really like the working always create like always getting shit done and my dad's just like ah whatever like la 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 and my mom be like what the fuck is wrong with you get shit done damn it well she is the iron lady yes she is but i mean that's also, she's really great and there there are moments there are certain in particular like the daria and jane like interaction where they were kind of having a, a rough spot because of the the whole thing with the boyfriend um you know she she actually like sees that daria is upset and puts everything, she drops the case mm-hmm. that she's working on. That's a huge case, and they've established that it's a really big, very important case to her. She drops it, sits down with Daria, takes her out to, like, lunch. And they have a conversation where Daria basically comes to the realization where she's just like, so life sucks. And Helen's like, yeah, sometimes. And you're like, they, she just kept it probably more real than basically anyone she literally sits there with her and goes she's like yeah so then well life sucks and she's like yeah sometimes it does and that's true and i i think sometimes we would have appreciated um that bit of honesty and clarity from our own parents i don't know about you guys i'm probably like i'm obviously speaking for myself but i really appreciate when people level with me and especially in high school i appreciated when people leveled with me so definitely, for definitely. to hear somebody say like, oh well, for me to go, well, fuck, life sucks, and they're they'd be like, no, no, don't be cynical, don't be whatever. For her to just level and be like, yeah, sometimes it does. Like it kind of puts you back on your heels a little bit. It's a moment where you're just like, wait, I'm sorry. Somebody just kept it 100 percent real, and but she wasn't negative about it. She just looked like, yeah, like some shits kind of suck. No, it was my just dad. a great moment sure. where you can appreciate that and be like, oh, okay, so. 
And if, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna, there's something, one thing I noticed while rewatching the show, and uh, Helen Morgendorfer kind of tipped me into it. With the show, we start to see the beginning of people's cell phone obsessions. Yes. Especially with Helen. Because if she's not talking to somebody, she's talking on that cell phone, and she carries it everywhere. Even when she says she's not carrying it. Yeah, it's like glued to her hand. Yeah. Um, One of the things I love about the show and about the character of Daria in particular is the fact that they actually show the characters like aging, like they progress uh, age wise, Mm -hmm. you know, they go through different grades, you know, they go through high school, Um, the uh, movie, which is technically like the finale of uh, the like, is it college yet? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Is them, you know, going off to college and stuff. And I kind of I have a couple of thought process uh, processes here. Um, a, I, I absolutely love that. Something that most animated shows don't show is the characters progressing. And, you know, Daria definitely goes through this pretty spot on evolution as far as, you know, um, transitioning from high school student into, you know, going into her freshman year of college. And getting back to Helen Morgendorfer for two seconds, I feel like Helen Morgendorfer is the kind of mother who, and, and she was the kind of mother who Dario despised, I don't say despised, but didn't so much like, didn't really get no. along with as, you know, uh, a high school student. But I feel like as Daria... Uh, continued on her path of evolution and continued to grow, you know, graduated from college, you know, got out to the real world. I feel like one day she would have woken up and been like, wow, my mom was awesome. You know, for the for the sheer fact that her mom yeah. was just so unbelievably real with her and providing, like, unbeknownst to the girls, uh, providing such a strong female influence in their lives so i feel like that's something that daria would have appreciated later on in life um but you know in her high school years was providing her with much much torture i think that the television movie the television movie the is it college yet i think should be like a requirement for all high schoolers because you know you see the lessons where daria is being trying to figure out where she wants to go in her life, which college she wants to go to. And I think it's such a great message. Like she could go to where her parents went to college or she could go where she's close to Tom or, you know, dealing with the relationship with Tom, like it might end. Like, I feel like this would be such a great kind of like segue for students who are kind of like senior senior high school students going through that transition like I wish I had that I watched that because you know it was difficult for me when trying to pick a college that I really want to go to because you know my dad said one thing my mom said one thing and it's like you know in the end Daria picked a college that was beneficial to her and what she wanted to do and then it was okay and I think that's something that we should like even high school students now should see that episode and just be realizing like it's okay to be questioning everything but you know stay true to your heart stay true to what you want to do i completely agree with that 100 yes. um, percent in that episode i know we, we touched briefly on her relationship with tom i think tom is her like first real actual boyfriend yeah. um yes. you know something that she i don't think dara really thought that that would happen for herself uh but it did and she liked it 
And I think it's so important that they portrayed that aspect in the uh, in the movie because there are a lot. I mean, I can't tell you how many of, of my friends uh, settled on a future as far as like a school or job or whatever pertaining to like their boyfriend slash significant yeah. other situation that ultimately yeah. came to bite them in the ass because, you know, it didn't last. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, I think the fact that Daria was just straightforward, it was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to do what's going to make me happy. Um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, her and Tom broke up. And I think that it was important that they showed that too. Like, you know, young love dissolving. It's, it's real and it's, okay at the same time i think with the show and how everything like situations that happen it's something that you didn't really get to see like you see like high school dramas and they just over dramatic everything where with daria you get a situation and it might be not the best situation or it might not have the best conclusion but like it dealt with real life situations like where she and tom were gonna have sex like mm-hmm. and she wasn't ready and it was okay to be not ready and you know in high school you're everyone's like oh my god i gotta lose my virginity and you know with that sh- that episode it you know daria was like i'm not ready i'm sorry and you know that's like sending important messages to people who are watching it like stuff like that is really nice to see because it's not being dramatic um, not being dramatic, it's not being overdone, it's being real, realistic. Very real. Yeah. I agree with that. You guys are speaking some serious truth. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, that was the only way, though, that it was going to identify with us. Yeah. Right. Like, Daria herself wouldn't have identified with the show if it wasn't real. And so the people that are going to that are going to identify with Daria aren't going to fall for a lot of pretense and nonsense. So yeah. if the show didn't handle things in a relatively realistic way, I mean, it's very 2D basic animation, yeah. but it's probably one of the more real like upbringing kind of shows I've really ever seen. Yeah. Um, Definitely if it wasn't movie. real and if it wasn't grounded like that, then we wouldn't have watched it. Correct. I, I completely, uh, yeah, completely Agreed. agree with that. Um, I do have a question. Um, are we are we joined by Sandy from the Fashion Club? <laughs> well, I mean, as president of the Fashion Club, I thought it was only right that I stopped by. I do have to give Fluffy his bath, but I wanted to talk to you guys for a little while. Um, Nicole... <laughs> Is your cousin or something there? Does he know how to dry a cat? (laughs) (laughs) I was told that your exchange student or whatever that lives with you was going to be on the show. (laughs) He seems kind of smart, like a know-it-all, so (laughs) Fluffy will not let me use the blow dryer on him. But he's sad when he's cold and wet, so I can't put him in the microwave, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, Sandy. Strongly advise against that. You don't want to be on an episode of Six Sad World, do you? Today on Six Sad World. (laughs) Microwave bunny. (laughs) Girl puts bunny in microwave. (laughs) See what happens. The gruesome details next. It dried her hair and everything else. (laughs) Fluffy is a cat, okay? Oh, excuse me. 
Your kitty Anything that's not a dog tag. is a cat to me. <laughs> what, Nicole, was that your cousin or something? No, I think it was the foreign exchange student. Is that that gay that lives with you sometimes? <laughs> no, thank God, no. That's a bingo. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Why is his face all one color? <laughs> So, I mean, before we let you, I'm, I'm so honored that you had the opportunity to join us, Sandy. You are just so ex- exquisite and so fashion Only forward. Only days that are end in odd numbers. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Um, do you have, like, before, I, I'm, I'm, before we, we let you go, before we finish this segment, do you have any, any fashion advice for us? Something that, you know, we can, we can take home with us? Something that, you know, the listeners can listen closely and, and just, just take it all in? Well, recently we had a bit of a crisis because there were a lot of stretch pants being worn. But, Nicole, they're not stretch pants. They're leggings. <laughs> <laughs> they're leggings, Nicole. It's okay. All right. Thank um, you. And always remember to change your plans for outlet shopping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're driving on the road, make the triangle sign <laughs> with your finger. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a clothes hanger. <laughs> outlet shopping. For leggings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sandy. But I have to go give Fluffy his bath, so you're welcome for my present here. Thank that you. Was, that was, I'm, I'm like dying right now. That was wonderful. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you for gracing Super us with great. your presence. Yeah, um, she's got to go give Fluffy a bath. He's pretty, he's pretty dirty, I think. Yeah, sounds it. Sounds it. So before we, I think he got into the glitter. (laughs) (laughs) So before we wrap things up with Daria, I just kind of want to go around. Do we have favorite Daria episodes, Daria scenes, Daria isms? Oh, I have one. They were, uh, it was her and... He has to have one because it's the only one he's seen. I have one. It's the only episode I saw. It is. It's the only it thing I gr- can remember. <laughs> Johnny, turn off his mic. It's not going to end well. <laughs> no, they were like, they were, uh, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but they were like uh, That's right, working, a, working a security gate or something. And I know that they one. kept asking people like random questions like to, to get in instead of like taking their like security card or whatever. And they were like... Like, oh, uh, I can name that tune in uh, three notes. And so, like, they were making them pass, like, ridiculous trivia questions instead of, like, you know, that was the only way they'd open up the gate. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite scene because it's the only one I can remember. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Patrick. uh, Really really enlightening there, Patrick. I contribute. Yes. Yes. What about you, Isaac? You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I had read about this episode before I had seen it. Uh, it's, the, it's the next to last episode. If you consider Is It College Yet to be the last episode. Uh, Boxing Daria. Yep. Uh, it's the one where the family gets a new fridge, and Daria, the, the box for the fridge, it reminds her of something. And basically, I'll try and keep this short. It reminds her when she was a little girl, uh, she heard her parents fighting because they kept being brought into school to talk with a counselor because Daria just wasn't making friends with anybody. She was always alone, reading, and she just wasn't social at all. And Daria felt bad about the fact that they were fighting over it, and she confronts her parents and starts talking about it. And they admit that, yeah, you know, they had an argument at one point 
between the, the two parents had an argument because she wasn't fitting in. And this is like possibly the only time in the entire series where the father, Jake, says something clever. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, yes, it was difficult, but it was part of the deal. And he describes how, on the one hand, you were antisocial. On the other hand, you were bright and you could take care of yourself and you were intelligent. So, yes, every once in a while we had to go into the school and deal with a stupid therapist. But on the other hand, the trade-off, you know, what you re- the, right. everything else that made you you made it worth it. That was my second favorite moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Um, I don't really know if I have a favorite moment or a favorite episode. Um, since I didn't get a chance to rewatch all of it uh, since it's been so long, um, I just I, I'll have to just say that it made a serious impact on me when I was younger, um, and even watching some of the, some of the episodes recently, um, it still resonates with me quite a bit. Uh, it has nothing, nothing they say in the show. The script is like almost flawless, in my opinion. Like the the, the subjects they bring up in the show are it's a, it's it's forever. It's my son will go through them. You know, everybody's kids will go through them. Um, it, it's 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 a tri- it's it's a trip to me to know that I still feel that way uh, about <laughs> um, not really registering people's um, sarcasm sometimes because I'm not the best at that. Um, even some some people's enthusiasm not the best at that catching that sometimes either. Um, it, it's um, it's a show. Um, it's one of the shows that I um, I look back on fondly, and um, it's it, and and look how much it's, it's made an impact in my life. It still does. Yeah, it's one of those shows that will definitely uh, I believe will live on. In, it's in timeless. Fu- yeah. Exactly, you know, future generations and stuff because I believe that. Every generation can find some semblance of them of themselves, like in in Daria or in one of the characters in in the show. Uh, what about you, Stephanie? Uh, I think it's going to depend upon my mood and how I'm feeling. Uh, I think one of my favorite things when I was rewatching some episodes was actually um, Daria's parents. So Jane's out for a run, and there's a point where Helen uh, sidles up to Jane, and she's trying to relate to Daria, and she's so she's gone to Daria's best friend for advice. So Jane immediately immediately is like, "All right, three questions, no betrayals, um, and complete immunity." So they ask her they they ask questions about Daria, and it's just kind of cute that they're trying to relate to her. Mm-hmm. They realize that she's not bad. They realize they just they realize that they don't get her, and I really thought that was really funny. Um, it was just a really sincere moment where you're like, oh, that's, they're trying. They're really trying to get where they don't understand it, but they're trying. And, I think and it's great for Jane to be such a good friend. She's like, yeah, I'll help you, but I'm not going to betray any confidences and I want complete immunity. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. What about you, Nicole? Uh, there's some, like Stephanie said, there's, you know, different episodes for different moods, but one that I kind of really relate to is when Daria, it's one of the episodes where Daria is learning how to drive and she can't see really well, and so she, her mom's like, "Oh, you should get contact like contact lenses." And I was actually kind of going through that same situation in my life, where you know, if I get contact lenses, is it going to change who I am? Like, does the glasses define who I am? And so it kind of, you know, 
for me, it has that personal message where, where it's like, no matter what you do, you're, you're who you are. No, that's not going to change if you have glasses, no glasses. And thankfully, I didn't get contact lenses because I don't like sticking things in my eye. I hear you. And so mm-hmm. it was just for me, it was just really rela- re- relatable where, you know, hey, like your glasses doesn't define who you are. It's who you are as an individual out there. So it was one of my favorite episodes. Um, so I'm going to wrap this up by telling you guys my favorite Daria moment. Um, I think as everyone pretty much knows now, I have a sister. She is younger by almost seven years. And there was a time when we didn't see eye to eye because of our age. We were two completely different people. We didn't quite understand each other and where each other was coming from. She was trying to fit in. I was trying to be the big sister with the advice, trying to get her to be her own person. And there is uh, an episode. So it, it kind of, I mean, granted, you know, the, the age difference, it was different, different, like, uh, uh, details. But it, it, it was similar to the relationship between Quinn and Daria. They just didn't get each other. And because they were two completely different people, they didn't get along. And um, throughout the episodes, we know that Helen has sisters, and they don't get along at all. And in the episode titled Aunt Nauseam, uh, you know, her, uh, Helen's sisters, so uh, Daria and Quinn's aunts are around, and they're arguing and stuff. And Daria actually says to Quinn that they won't be arguing as adults like their mother and aunts do. And that's something that hit home to me because, you know, um, I I turned to my sister and I was like, yeah, you know, we we won't be doing that because I I came from a similar situation where my mom uh, didn't always see eye to eye with her sisters. So. You know, and to the point where my mom has siblings that she just doesn't even talk to at this point. And, you know, my sister and I made a pact a long time ago. I'm like, I don't care if you fucking hate me. Like, we're going to keep in touch. Like, we're, we're going to do our thing. And luckily, like, she grew up to kind of be like me. So it worked out. Yay. But um, but that was my favorite. Cool. <laughs> you know, like, it, it was in it, it just kind of goes to show how real the show was because it did hit on, you know, certain aspects of real life. Like siblings don't get along, but at the same time, like you cannot get along with your sibling and still keep in touch and still be cool and still not argue and, you know, love each other. So um, I think on that note, we are going to head to our. Isaac's got something. Oh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stop the press. Hold the phones. No, I just wonder if I could just add one last thing before we go. Absolutely. Sure. I want the evening crazy stuff. Um, watching this over, you know, I was, I'm a child of the 80s, so mm-hmm. when I was growing up, all the cartoons, and let's face it, the vast majority were aimed at boys, yep. were essentially 30-minute ads for cartoons. I mean, ads. For toys, yeah. Ads yep. for toys. Yep. Uh, toys with guns and laser beams. And growing up, you know, watching the cartoons that I watched, you sort of got the impression that the solution to every problem was to attack the enemy with as much violence as you possibly could. Mm-hmm. And, Is that not right? Well, normally... <laughs> it's worked wonders. Um, okay, sorry, I lost my place. So most of the cartoons, most of the cartoons I've watched were involved just solving things with punching and kicking. Mm-hmm. So, and while I'm watching Daria, there's absolutely none of that. Maybe because you know it was a female, mostly female cast, 
aim, probably aim more at women than men. And it fascinated that in Daria, Daria is not able to solve the problem by punching Quinn in the face. It, the, if there's right. one recurring theme throughout Definitely. the show, Definitely. it's about relationships, mm-hmm. dealing with other people and dealing with yourself. And it kind of occurred to me that maybe a lot of people, myself included, might have grown up a little better if we had more cartoons like that teaching us how to deal with people using our brains instead of a laser gun. <laughs> I Just a thought. I still have laser guns. So. Well, yeah, I mean, like, laser well, guns are awesome. The problem is you, don't, but... you can't actually have a laser gun. Well, not with that attitude. Right, right. It, it provokes... <laughs> Uh, but it's so, also genuinely clear that Daria loves Quinn. Like, no matter how dumb Quinn can be, and sure, she can sure. be pretty dumb, there's a whole episode where Quinn is really freaking out, thinking she needs plastic surgery. And finally, Daria's like, I was hoping it wasn't going to come to this. Yeah. But you're gorgeous. And you're perfect and you don't need plastic surgery like and it wasn't in a condescending way or a dismissive way which we can often get with the girls when we say like oh i'm bad ha 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 oh you're not bad ha 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 like no it was a real genuine conversation where she's like you're you don't need plastic surgery you're gorgeous this is ridiculous right and it's nice it's nice because you there would obviously not be best friends or anything but they, they also weren't really enemies they're just not on different planes of existence Right, they didn't. They didn't hate each other. They just didn't understand each other because you know they were into two totally different things, and you know, kind of just touching base with what you said, Isaac. I kind of feel like the same thing would benefit today's kids that there were more, you know, thought-provoking shows versus you know just the stupidity that we see on like Cartoon Network. Right. And stuff that, you know, maybe things would be a little bit different. Yeah, and it's funny. I was doing a little bit of research. If I remember correctly, the show aired from 1997 to 2001. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an interesting time because even though the show tends to have a very grunge and alternative rock Mm -hmm. aesthetic to it, Mm -hmm. at that time, those were around the years where, by that point, Kurt Cobain had already been long dead. Uh, A lot of the bands were broken up. Soundgarden was breaking up. Pearl Jam was sort of becoming this generation's Grateful Dead. And with it was, (laughs) in their place, unfortunately, was the rise of the boy bands and the Britneys. So if there was a time when we really needed something like Daria on the show, on the air, that was it. And for uh, a chick who didn't identify with spray tans and hair extensions and oh God, no. bright blue eyeshadow and belly button rings, Daria was a safe space. Yeah, you know, it gives me a great point because, like, you know, I have a kid and I watch a lot of the stuff that he watches, and I, I take him to see movies um, that he would he might like, and. Um, it's just not the same anymore. I remember when we were kids, we'd watch these movies, even if they had lasers and they used violence to solve problems. There was usually something at the end, like G.I. Joe or Ninja Turtles, where they would say, like, listen, don't do drugs, <laughs> don't steal, all this stuff. Because yeah, knowledge that. is power, they you know? <laughs> they don't do it anymore, though. It's like, it's like you get, like, um, 25 minutes of, like, just crazy... Um, you know, edits of crazy things happening, nothing explained, some actually really deep, sometimes even dark, like adult humor in the kids' show, and the kids don't get it. They're just watching it. It's just, just flowing through their brain. 
they don't understand any of it, and it's just and it's over. Nothing is explained. It's just done. Um, you know, I took I took Bryce to go see uh, the Ninja Turtle movie, the second one that came out recently, well, back when it came out. And there's a scene in there with like Bebop and Rocksteady get turned into Bebop and Rocksteady. They're naked. They look at each other's dicks, and they're like, "Wow, this is amazing." It's like, "What? Like this is a kids movie? Like what is this? Like they don't make they don't have enough shows like Daria now. Like for kids, like understand like you know." To be a human being, like they don't, they don't have them. That, which I haven't seen yet. I mean, they could be out there. I'm, I'm gonna be wrong, but I haven't seen a lot of those recently. Yeah, and, and it also had one of the raddest soundtracks around, which is the only real disappointment with the the DVD set is that they had to scrap about ninety percent of the music that was originally used in Daria yeah, because it would have just cost them a fortune. Oh, at the time. Sucks. Yeah, although it, it's, um, it's not that bad. No, the, it's, really? it's Splendora that, that does the theme song, but um, they're still oh, okay. they still in, had a ton of music throughout the show. Uh, and they had to scrap about ninety percent of it just because they didn't have the same they didn't have the same arrangements that they would have had as part of MTV now to put it out. Mm-hmm. Um, like back then, it was promotion, so you could people would let you use their songs because it's being played on MTV. Now it's on a box set, so they want money. Um, so unfortunately, they did have to scrap most of the music That's that they a used. Bummer. That's a but real bummer. It, what a great soundtrack to like to go back to. Oh yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, especially for you know if you were a child who wasn't into like mainstream pop music. I mean, like it was all right, but it didn't really speak to me the way that rock music did. And like again, mm-hmm. coming from really conservative parents, I wasn't allowed to listen to certain things. So you know, Daria kind of killed two birds with one stone for me. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. So on that note, uh, does anybody have anything else they'd like to say about Zarya? No, I think I'm, we're going to have to pick this up, and I'm going to have to to watch it because you know. yeah, you, I mean, uh, it's not like I don't watch it when he's around. He just chooses not to watch it, or he goes to bed, or something stupid. So, but like, I know this, I never would have come on the show. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't this in my writer? Um, Listen, I got you the sure, ten thousand brown M and M's. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't all M and M's. No, they were Skittles. That I painted brown because I couldn't. Yikes! Okay, Uh, you need a life. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I was doing instead of watching Daria. I had to take care of Isaac's rider. I wouldn't have minded if you'd used food paint. Yeah. Well, I didn't. All I had was varnish and siding paint. Oh, you don't have to tell me. The doctor explained it. <laughs> On that note, I think we are going to go to our second break, and we will be right back.
Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Patrick Ray Hall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Ray Hall is a motherfucking mouse. In the motherfucking house. Patrick Rayhall. In the motherfucking house. Yeah, motherfucking Patrick Rayhall is here, but uh, we're all here too. Yeah. Well, I'll have to commission Tiny to write you all a song. This is the part. Right? Where's my song? You have a song. With a wicked hot wife. <laughs> I was gonna say you have a song, courtesy of Jeremy. So this is true. I do have a very fantastic kick-ass song, thanks to Mr. Jeremy McFarlane. I'm very glad you like it. I love it. It's fantastic. It's the best song on the show. I, I have to say, in my opinion, anyways. Other people may think otherwise, but um, so. It's that time of the episode where we introduce a brand new battle. Agent Nicole, how's your voice? I got this. I have enough to talk. You got it? Are, yeah. are we ready? Are we ready? Three. Ready? Oh, are we doing three, two, one, <laughs> yeah. or one, two, three? Six, <laughs> eleven. This is blue. great because I get to see it in person. <laughs> It's really not that great. It's quite pitiful, to be honest with you. Right. Okay, are we ready? Ready, yeah. ready? Three, two, one. It's a motherfucking throwdown. Okay, that was good. We were getting better, kind of. Sort I would have been. It would have been awesome if, like, you started at three and she started at one. <laughs> That's I was like really waiting for that to happen. I was scared. I was scared that my voice was going to cut out halfway through that. Three, two, one. No more of it's a motherfucker, and then just cut down. It's okay. I have enough voice for the both of us. That's true. Um, so on today's episode, today's brand new battle, motherfucking throwdown, we have Daria and Jane versus Beavis and Butthead in a celebrity death match. Let's get it on! Oh my god, no contest. <laughs> I know, right? I know. But come on now, other people may, other people may have other opinions, and they other can, people you know, are going to think that the two gentlemen who are looking for TP for your bungalow. Can beat <laughs> I have seen crazier shenanigans happen on Celebrity Deathmatch, so um, that is going to be up. That poll is going to Another be another fantastic MTV show that should be revived. Absolutely. I know, right? Oh my god! Get the robot chicken guys to do it. Uh, Jesus, yeah. Um, everything Seth Green touches is gold. Dead world. Right. The only problem with bringing back celebrity, celebrity the only problem with bringing back celebrity death match is that you know, you know, Kanye would be too much of a douchebag to let them use him. Oh, this is true. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I would love to see Clay definitely. Kanye just eat dirt ripped in oh, yeah. half. And that was rrr. such a fun show. It really was. I loved it. Um, I, all I can think of is like the the episode. Um, it was Hanson. They had that permission though. Hanson against Han- Han- no. It was Hanson versus the Spice Girls and Marilyn Manson comes in yeah. and kills yeah. them all. I was going to say, I remember Manson comes down. And I remember fight. feeling very quarreled because I was such a Spice Girl fan but like Marilyn Manson was awesome but too. Manson. So, you know, I'm like this this, this doesn't suck. Um, so anyways, hit us up on the Facebook page. We're going to have that poll running for you guys. Leave us some comments. Send us, you know, some love. Let's start Who putting that on Twitter Do too. you think is going to win Daria and Jane or Beavis and Butt in a celebrity Death match. 
Try and guess who I'll be voting for. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Quinn. Who will you be voting for? <laughs> well, let's see here now. <laughs> Maybe the two juvenile delinquents who can barely find TP for their pung hole versus the two lucid thinking people. Yeah. I, lost, I lost it. Sorry. That's okay. That was really good. That was really good, though. Uh, better than impression. my impressions. <laughs> so we have, Patsy, are you ready? I am always ready. Are you sure you are ready? I am always ready. Are you ready with your science facts? Every time. Okay, let's do from this. From the blackness of space, timeless from the void, you terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. So for the second time in a row, I actually have another uh, shark science fact. Shocker! Because there is. Are you surprised? (laughs) I'm surprised. There is a. Anybody uh, surprised? My God, it's breaking news. Oh my God, sharks! There is a myth going around that sharks uh, will attack uh, surfers and, and, and swimmers. And they will immediately spit out the chunks that they take because they do not like the taste of uh, human meat. That is uh, simultaneously true and untrue. While it's not the flavor of uh, human meat that the sharks don't like, what it is is uh, sharks have a very intense tactile sensation uh, in their mouths. And basically what they're doing is they are testing to see if this is something that A, they can eat, and B, is something suitable for them to eat. Um... As you know, for especially larger uh, larger sharks like a great white, they prefer to eat seals because seals have um, uh, a very high uh, caloric uh, level because they have so much fat, and the fat takes a long time to break down, and it takes a long time for them to digest it. And as sharks need to continually swim... Um, not every shark. There are a couple of sharks that can lay on the bottom and they pass water over their gills uh, through evolutionary uh, uh, advancements. But the, again, the larger sharks, you know, tiger sharks, makos, great whites, stuff like that, uh, they have to be continually in motion or they will sink to the bottom and die. So as such, they need to continually swim and they're continually... Uh, uh, just keep swimming. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Pretty much. How about an avalanche shark? An avalanche shark, uh, the, this, the, there's uh, no rules governing avalanche sharks. All right, all right, thank you. Uh, but, you know, great whites and stuff. Uh, what about sharknadoes? Sharknadoes. Uh, they are constantly not, moving. They are constantly moving, but it's uh, not uh, entirely of their own volition. What about a land shark? <sighs> land shark is different, too, because he he's uh, bipedal. What about the San Jose sharks? The San Jose sharks uh, also eat seals. What about the Worcester sharks? Uh, they no, they don't. Exist. They move. They're not around. <laughs> they oh, shit. Sorry. How about Candy Graham? About- yeah, that's, that's Land Shark. <laughs> what about Katy Perry's left shark? <laughs> uh, he just likes to how snuggle. About- what about that pair oh, of sharkies shark. that Dynamo used to go have? Shark. The air sharkies? <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's, uh, that's a different situation entirely. But they have to, because they, uh, what they do is they, they take a bite and they f- realize this isn't something I want to eat because there's not enough fat content, plus it's, you know, striking me back and, and causing me, you know, some sort of distress. Because when sharks, uh, even a great white that's 15, 20 feet long, when it approaches a potential meal, 
they do so very cautiously. It's like this is an apex predator, but it's still it doesn't come across humans all that often. So it's very tentative. So when it takes a bite, it's really more of an exploratory bite. It's just that the the animal is so much larger and so much more powerful that you know it, it causes a, a significant amount of damage to uh, whoever gets bitten. But mostly they'll they'll realize that this isn't something that it's worth. It's not worth the risk of eating this this animal. You know, this is what's going through the shark. Said it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the energy that it's going to take to subdue and consume the animal either. So they prefer to eat seals because you can also see like, oh, this was a, a shark attack. You know, you watch the stuff on Shark Week where the sharks are like rocketing up out of the water, coming from underneath. You know, the seals and stuff. That's what an attack looks like. What Seals they do, what they do, is a. a so, so what you're saying is that if bite. you, if if somebody thinks that they are fat, what they should do is they should get bitten by a shark, and if the shark spits them out, then they are not fat. This is the new witch test. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's one method. That's one method. Yes, but you have to make sure that you know. I'm not a witch. We'll see about that. You just rub some like where, seagull oil all over. Wherever yourself. you feel fattest <laughs> is where the shark has to bite you. Like if you're like, oh, I have like huge thighs, then you have to have the shark bite your thighs. Or if you're like, oh well, man, you did. I have these, you know, a huge stomach. Now you have to let the shark eat your stomach. You know, so you have to you have to weigh it out. You know? but I mean, like it's kind of a win win situation because I mean, you get bit. That's where like a you... shark version of Saw. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> live or die. Shark, Make your choice. <laughs> there, there is so a she's like uh, against a chubby guy, and he's like cutting off bits of like belly, and she's like fuck, and just cuts like, really goes arm. in on her own arm. That's there actually Make is a uh, uh, a shark what a great, what that a looks great like a uh, it almost looks like a hedge trimmer. It's called the sawtooth shark. It has a long, flat uh, mouth, and the teeth kind of stick out on the sides. So it's weird. It looks it looks like an electric hedge trimmer. Very interesting. Or does the electric hedge trimmer look like it? I would I would have to say the hedge trimmer uh, looks like the shark because the shark was around for much longer than the electric hedge trimmer. I know, I just corrected you on a shark. Mm-hmm. So I think now it's about that time we take a stroll over to my favorite portion of this segment, the Vaughn Nightmare Vineyards. want to talk about brunch i love brunch um i think brunch is amazing i wish i could eat it every day and one of the things that i love about brunch is mimosas and i prefer my mimosas made with a little something called prosecco oh yeah when i go on a prosecco picnic um, so I am talking today about a certain brand of Prosecco uh, called La Marca. It is made in Italy. It has an aroma of fresh citrus, honey, and white flowers. 
The palate is fresh and clean with flavors of ripe lemon, green apple, and grapefruit fla- uh, flamed, Jesus Christ, framed by minerals. <laughs> so Jesus Christ is in the bubbles. So, so what Can happened was... how unattractive an unripe lemon would be? Jeez. Right? Um, and and framed by, by mineral undertones. So what that means is you kind of get like that nice fruitiness, which sometimes champagne doesn't have, but typically Prosecco does have. Um, but it still kind of has like that nice bitter undertone, which makes it great for like mixing with orange juice. But also, you know, and, and obviously the fruity tones and stuff makes it really great for mixing with orange juice as well. So La Marca mm. Prosecco, we actually had a tasting of it the other day. Um, and uh, by we, I mean Patrick and myself and that's it me. was really yeah, that's uh, that's me um, <laughs> I've discovered a meal between breakfast and brunch what's it called don't ask him that <laughs> part of me doesn't want to know but part of me is so intrigued don't. this is this is our marriage that, that, that actually when he proposed it's exactly what I said part of me doesn't want to know but part of me is so intrigued <laughs> <laughs> I got the, the curiosity factor going. So anyways, La Marca Prosecco, it runs about $15 a bottle. It's delicious. So definitely pick it up. Look it up. It's good stuff. Have you ever added elderflower liqueur to your mimosas? I have not. I didn't know that was a real thing. No, I it thought is. that was like a hobbit drink. No. It is. But I own it. So I think you just called me a hobbit. That's a cool one. I love hobbit. Great. Um, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Those can go fucks themselves. I really just wanted the fat one to shove the other one in. <laughs> Phrase it. Are we using phrasing? 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 <laughs> phrasing? phrasing. <laughs> shove the fat one in. Wow. Just shove. Wow. No, I wanted the fat. I wanted the fat hobbitses to shove the other hobbitses right into the freaking Mount Doom or whatever the fuck it was. It took Mount forever Doom. to get to. Oh, I love that movie. It was a great movie right there. No. It would have yeah. been way better if it was like Mount Sunshine Happiness Town. Yeah, and uh, pseudo elderflower liqueur is real. I have some, and I really like it. Yeah, I've never, um, I've had the liqueur before, but I've never added it to stuff. So I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to try that. Agent Nicole, what up? What time are is you, it? <laughs> are you ready? What up? <laughs> she got that gangster ring right now. She's like, "What up, kids?" Bond Nicole, Agent Nicole. Segment, you guys are making me laugh. We're doing the uh, Agent Nicole anti thong removal dance. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I gotta be serious now. Um, so, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple episodes ago, I mentioned a podcast that I really enjoy, which is, you must remember this, a Karina Logworth production. Um, if anyone knows me, they know that I have such an old soul. I love classic Hollywood, old Hollywood movies. And um, So there is a podcast, it used to be a production that ran from March 2005 to April 2015 called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. It's a stage production and podcast that was um, owned now by Nerdist.com. It is a show written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Um, 
where they do an old style, old time radio, and they have a different um, plays that they talk about. One is a space western, but don't listen to the space western. My suggestion is to watch, uh, to listen to Beyond Belief, which features uh, Pageant Brewster and uh, Paul F. Tompkins. They do oh, a. Wow. Nick- is that your cousin? No, it's not my cousin, unfortunately. Maybe we never know. Um, they do a. Is he Cambodian too? <laughs> You no, can. definitely not. Um, anyways, thanks a lot, Patrick, for losing my train of thought, you jerk. Um, they do a Nick and Nora Charles kind of ask, uh, which if you don't know Nick and Charles, it is a um, book series slash a film series with um, called The Thin Man, which features William Powell and Myrna Loy. Um, they do a Nick and Nora Charles S where they are a detective team that kind of does like the paranormal. They do um, kind of rituals, trying to hang out with vampires and werewolves. And it's really funny. I suggest you all take a listen to it. Um, it's on iTunes, probably on Stitcher and Nerdist.com. So definitely listen to the uh, thrilling adventure hour and definitely listen to the episodes feature beyond belief with Paul F. Tompkins and Bre- pageant Brewster. Is um, the thin man based off the fifties, th- fifties man series. Um, it, well, the, it's just, they take that inspiration of the Nick in the relationship of Nick and Nora. So it's, okay. it definitely takes that like dynamic that William Powell and Myrna Lloyd, like the, just the chemistry and the fun Acting okay. and the fun, like one-liners, they really bring a That's new. Cool. I like it. Yeah, it, I'll definitely send you some links of it. It just brings uh, like a modern-day Nick and Nora, but like they put Nick and Nora twist to it with like they're going on like haunting adventures and doing um, exorcisms, and it's just really fun stuff. And it's oh, I love it. And it's oh, only great. twenty minutes, so you can get through a lot of the episodes pretty quickly. So definitely check it uh, out. If I'm not mistaken, The Thin Man is based on a novel by Dashiell Hammett. Correct. Yeah, that's how um, it started. Dashiell Hammett did it, and then they took it, and they made a five-film series with um, William Powell and Myrna Loy. So that just about wraps up this episode for today. Am am I still hosting? Do you want to back, Patrick? It's It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's, it's a wrap. A wrap. Well, it's a wrap. <laughs> Shut up. Don't do that. You realize what Daria learned, right? So it may be a wrap, but a wrap skirt is a definite don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I would like to thank our guest, Mr. Isaac. Thank you for sticking with us for another episode on Throwdown Thursday. Well, You've we didn't wonderful. let him leave last week. No, we didn't. But We just kept him in a cage. Yes. We're like, you're going to stay here. You got to stay in the green room. Yeah. It's depressing, but after a while... We locked him. We, I mean, we did lock him in the closet during Trick or Treat Radio. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> and Stephanie, thank you for coming on the show again. Or just coming hey, on the show. Welcome. And also, Jeremy, Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show. And happy early birthday. Because <gasps> when this, epi- ep- this episode airs right before your birthday, so I wanted to say happy birthday and I hope all the best wishes for you. That's so sweet. Thank you. And Nicole, I was on your episode as well. Oh, hey, Sandy. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, you're welcome, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, Fluffy! 
<laughs> so we have some really cool stuff coming up for you kids later down later down jesus christ uh later on down the road <laughs> jesus christ don't the drink and podcast ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Um, and get more than three hours of sleep. Uh, no. And don't be sick. <laughs> and don't be sick. And get plenty of water. And Wait, eat your are vegetables. You sick? Are you like and- sick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like wear it up, bitches. Uh, so we have some really cool stuff coming down the pike for you guys. Uh, I believe next week we are going to be talking a little Wonder Woman with a potential, oh, yeah. we have a pot- very, we have special a very special guest. guest who has never. T- I think I have an. Ex- I think, to my knowledge, I don't think she's ever appeared on a podcast. I don't think so. But Uh, she's she's super rad, and I'm very excited for this to happen. It's actually going to be part of our our two-part... A two-parter. Because we do a lot of, uh, uh, you know, know, uh, uh, awesome lady, you know, women power hour type, type deals on this on this program. So it not feels only so convincing when you say it like that. <laughs> I think it was like her 75th anniversary yesterday or today. I think you're right. Really? The uh, episode will it's air. It's going to be an awesome d- double team woman power hour. It'll it'll uh it'll air right as the movie comes out. So that's part oh, of what we're doing. But it's going to be uh, a part of a two two part because you know we like to have our uh, you know concentrate a lot on you know awesome female characters on this show. Uh, we will also be covering uh, a real historical character uh, the week after, so we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna divulge who that is yet. And we're not gonna give away all of our secrets, but, but definitely a, stay tuned to real, next week. A real, real badass lady of history. And yes. keep in mind, definitely. if he says the woman of history, that means she's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's been she's been dead for several hundred years. Oh, the people behind Wilhelm is very interesting. So, I'm yeah. interested to hear what you guys have to say Anyway, kittens, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you all, and we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.